Well, good morning, everybody. How are y'all doing? Everybody good? Come on. Come on. Let's go. Y'all need some more coffee. We do have coffee at a lot of different places. Uh, it's just a public service announcement for everybody. Well, I'm glad you guys are here. My name is Clayton, the pastor at Central, and I loved worship today. It was fantastic. Uh, I got to worship in both services. So if you want to do that, you can. You know, come on. And it was, it was good uh, this morning. I love what Ryland had to say about in heaven, there's going to be pants and no pockets. That's probably true. Um, so thank you guys for, for being here. If you're a guest with us, I'm, I'm excited you're here with us. Uh, thank you for, for choosing to join us. If you're online right now, um, thank you for, for doing the same, for being a part of, of worship today. And today is going to, we're going to finalize and finish um, Philippians today. And if you would like to take notes, make sure you scan the QR code that's on the screens around here, and you can have those notes. We'll leave that on there here for another minute or so, so you have time um, to do that. As, as we think about the choices that every single one of us has to make, and we have been when going through this series and, and talking about how in Philippians, it teaches us so much about the choices in this, in this life. And the first week, we talked about how we all have to choose our focus. Like, what is our focus going to be? And Jesus had a, a special focus, and it was, it was identified with humility. He, was, he had a humble focus, and we need to have the same kind of focus, especially when it deals with how we interact with other Christians, other churches, other denominations. We need to be focused on the things that are most important in a spirit of unity. Last week, we talked about how we need to choose our God carefully. You might say, well, that sounds silly, but the truth is, is that there's a lot of people, there might be some people even here right now who are choosing, honestly, choosing to, the following of rules and the following of laws as, as their God. It defines them. And the Bible says, no, you need to choose Jesus, not a bunch of rules. You got to choose your God carefully. How many of you guys uh, are to-do list people? Anybody? A to-do list person? Okay. So sometimes you get a to-do list on a, on a fridge, you know, and maybe that's, that's good. And you always look on the fridge and I got your to-do list right there. Sometimes you like to get a text. Uh, I, when my wife gives me a to-do list, she'll start telling me about it. And I just stop around there and say, oh, time out. Just text it to me. And I, I won't forget if you will text it to me. And 75% of the time I don't forget if she texts me, Okay. But the worst way to get a to-do list is, honestly, it's, it's the voice, right? When someone just tells you um, what you need to do, guys in the room, anybody? Like, you're always going to forget um, when that happens. Yeah, y'all are already fighting over that around the front. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It happens to all, to all of us. Well, in Philippians, Paul is going to give us a, a to-do list. It's in the final chapter, so Philippians chapter 4. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. But in Philippians chapter 4, Paul gives us a to-do list of how to live our lives. He says this, stand firm, okay? He says, he says to rejoice in the Lord always. He says be gentle with people. Don't be anxious. Instead, pray about everything. And that's sometimes very difficult to do, to not be anxious. And so we have this long to-do list. If you go through Philippians, it's very difficult to figure out what in the world are we going to talk about. There's, there's a ton of stuff in Philippians chapter 4. And he says, this is your to-do list, and then he's going to teach us how to actually accomplish that to-do list. And he says it in our verse for today, and our verse for today is verse 8. So here's what it says. I just threw a little tiny part of it up there. But in a nutshell, he says this, fix your thoughts. 
If you want to live the Christian life, if you want to do the things that Philippians is talking about, that the gospel is talking about, living for Jesus, you need to fix your thoughts. And so let me, let me illustrate that to you today. So audience participation time, okay? Online, you guys as well, if you're driving, don't do this. But here we go. All right. I want everybody to close their eyes, okay? Close your eyes. And I can tell if you're not. Alan, I'm calling you out there. Okay. So close your eyes. And, and I want you to pretend that, imagine that you're going home right now. So you're going to go get in your car, wherever it is in the parking lot. Go get in your car. You're going to drive to the exit without hitting anybody. You're going to turn to the right or to the left. Which way are you going to turn? So you make your turn. Drive to the next stop. Now which way are you turning? You're going straight? You're going left? You're going right? Think about the things that you're going to pass, the road you're going to pass, the road you're going to turn on. You make it all the way to your neighborhood. And some of you guys have a maze getting back into your house. What are the turns and the things and the houses and the people and the traffic and the, the, the places that you pass until you finally get to your house? Are you there? Okay, open your eyes. You know what that's called? It's called a mental map. That's what it's called. And every single one of us, we have tons of mental maps. You know, a mental map, when, when you don't know how you got home because you were on the phone doing something else, you just happened to naturally get there. You know, you, you forgot, you, you weren't even thinking about it. It's your mental map just going into to autopilot. A lot of us have mental maps of our homes. We could, tur- we, could, we could shut our eyes, we could walk through our house without hitting anything. A lot of you have mental maps of your hometown or how to get to the grocery store. There's tons of different mental maps that we have in our lives. And the great thing about our mental maps is we get to choose what's in them and we get to choose what's not in them. So as you're driving home, there's some things that you actually ignored that were actually in reality, but you chose not not to put them in your mental map and you chose certain things to think about. And that's something that we need to, to wrap our minds around today. In fact, it's what Paul teaches us today. From that verse, he, cho- he teaches us this, that you get a choice. You get to you get a choice of what's in your mental map. And I'm not just talking about how to get home. I'm talking about the thoughts of your mind. Because the thoughts that you think, the things that you allow into your mind will determine your actions. It will determine whether you turn left or you turn right. It will determine the things that you pass by, the things you stop at. It will determine your life. And if there are negative things in your mind, it can end up being really harmful for you. It can affect the rest of your life. And if you want to live a godly life, you have to have the right things in your mind. You have to have the right things going on up here in your brain. And the truth is, our minds are pretty messed up right now. And our thoughts are often not healthy or holy, are they? If we were to be honest with ourselves, like think about this. What if the thoughts that you had this week all of a sudden appeared up on the big screen right here? Okay? Started scrolling through them for everybody to see. Let's get your name on the top so they know it's yours. And all these thoughts start going through, okay? What would we see? Would you be proud? (laughs) I wouldn't, okay? Would you be proud of what's up there? Would you be ashamed? What about embarrassed? Would you be embarrassed? 
that we think we can keep them private, don't we? We think that our thoughts are safe as long as no one else knows about them, as long as we can hide them. But the truth is, is that God knows your thoughts. He knows your thoughts, and he knows the power that your thoughts have. So much so that the Bible talks a lot about your thoughts and what's going on inside of you. Here's what Psalm says. Psalm 139 says this, Lord, you've examined my heart, and you know everything about me. You know when I sit down or when I stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. And that's pretty scary, that God knows all of them. Later on in this psalm, it says this, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Keeps talking about your heart here. When scripture, when it says your heart, it's not talking about your physical heart so much as it's talking about your inner self. And your inner self is your mind, like the the inner workings of who you are, the, the thoughts that you have, the passions that you have. And right now, the state of our minds, the, our inner self, the state of our hearts, the state of our minds is not good. I mean, it's not good right now. Did you know that since COVID happened, two out of every three people is dealing with a higher, way higher level of, of anxiety, a way higher level of, of distress and psychological um, pain and issues. I mean, 60% of everybody in our culture says that they have increased, that has increased in their lives. Before COVID started, 11% of people said they were dealing with a high level of anxiety and depression, 11%, okay? Today, it's 41%. That's a huge increase. I mean, our culture is a hot mess, isn't it? I mean, it is. If you want to be depressed and anxious, just turn on the news, you know? Just see what is actually going on in our, in our culture. There's tons of fears that we have. We have financial fears and all sorts of fears about, about the future. And we have some mental challenges that I would say are probably at an all-time high. Some of you guys are going, mm-hmm. Like, I understand that. I understand that personally. I understand that in my, my family. It's real. It's going on. But here is some comfort for today. This is nothing new. Mental health issues is not just a current issue. It's been going on for a long time. And Paul says this, fix your thoughts. Fix your thoughts. What he's saying is, is that you and I can have a say in what is on our mind. We really can. So if we can choose our mental map, the thing that we're thinking about, the, the thoughts that we have, the things that determine our actions, then what should our thoughts be on? Well, Paul is going to give us this mental map, okay? Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Let me show you the whole, uh, the whole verse here. So I just gave you a little part of it earlier, but here's what he says. He says this, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. So he's saying, hey, this is the end of everything I have to say. This is the final moment of all the Philippians of his letter. He says this, fix your thoughts, like we talked about earlier. Fix your thoughts on these things, on what is true, honorable, right, and pure, and lovely, and admirable. Think about these things. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. What he says at the end here, he says that your mind, the thoughts that you have, your mental map should contain things that are excellent and praiseworthy. And he's going to teach us 
this verse teaches us how to fix our mental map. Okay, so let me, let me show you how to fix your mental map. It says, hey, you should have those things. Let, let, me, let me go through those, like, like, like a game board, right? Things that are true. She's talking about from his word. Jesus prayed in John 17, 17 to the Father and said this. He said, I pray that everybody over here, I pray that everybody over here, all of us, he prayed for us and said, God, I pray, Father, I pray that they would know the truth. And they would find it in your word. So it's talking about. We need to fix our mind on those things. It says, also, Paul says to fix your mind on things that are, that are honorable. Your version may say a noble. What I say is whatever you would tell your grandma. Right? Is it, if it's something that you would not tell your grandmother, then it's probably not honorable. Okay? What about things that are, are right? This is talking about a relationship between two people. The idea of thinking about things and thinking about other people where there's fairness, where there's justice between two different groups. It also says... What is pure? Did you know that every single moral failure starts with a thought? That's, that's the spark, isn't it? No matter what kind of moral failure it is, it all starts up here first. It says, think about things that are, that are pure. Psalm 119 asks the question, how can a young person... In their day and age, and even in our day and age, how can that young person stay pure? And the Bible says, by obeying the word and hiding it in your heart. Okay? That's what it says. Pretty simple recipe right there. Look at the last two. The last two say admirable or lovely and admirable. And I put those two together because, you know, that's the only place in the entire Bible those two words are used? Those, those actual words, lovely and admirable. What it's talking about is that we need to build people up instead of tearing people down. It's about relationships again. That we need to be for people instead of against people. And you know if you are for someone or against someone based on the thoughts you have about them, don't you? He says you got to have those kind of thoughts. So let me ask this question again. If your name popped up on the screen and all your thoughts started scrolling, would we, would we be able to describe those thoughts based off of this? These six words, would they be excellent and praiseworthy? Or are they characterized by, by greed, lust, jealousy, selfishness, pride, anger? I mean, are there, are there thoughts inside of your, your heart where you're doubting God's love for you and him being able to, to use you? Are you fearful about the future, about your finances? Are you fearful about your kid's future? Every single parent in this room knows what I'm talking about. That fear that's in your gut constantly about your kids and their safety and, and the best for them. Is that what invades your mind? Some of us are so down on ourselves because we've messed up in the past and we have this perfect idea of who we should become this perfect version of ourselves, and we realize we're not living that. And so we have this negative view of who we are. And we walk around in this life with these thoughts that I'm not good enough, that I've messed up. God can't use me. That is not what's 
characteristic about these six things. And the truth is, is that those thoughts can be really destructive. And it's like this constant just drip, drip, drip in our lives. And over time, our mind is filled with things that are not of God. You know what, I think that Paul may, may not be just giving us a, a list of things that we got to check off the box. I think he might just be giving us kind of a summary of the things and the characteristics of things that should be on our minds. It's a list of things that are, that are good, a th- list of things that are godly, a list of things that are, are positive. And what he's saying is, is that those things need to be in our minds and everything else, we need to get rid of those things. Because honestly, we live in a world that is just constantly bombarding us with message, messages and information that isn't good, it's not godly, and it's not positive. And so Paul says this, you got to reject those things. you got to you got to fight every single day to keep those things out and only let the good things in. It's, it's a struggle. It's a struggle for our minds. Some people call it a battle for the mind. It's a, it's a battle of pushing out the junk and fighting for what is on that list. And the benefit, when we begin to have this as part of our lives, the benefit is incredible. The benefit is huge. In fact, Paul says in the very next verse, verse 9, he gives us the benefit. He says this, hey, keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing, everything we've been talking about the last several weeks. He says this, then the God of peace will be with you. Now, what it does not mean is that God is absent until you do those things. What it's saying is that God's peace will be with you. You see, Philippians is full of making good choices and decisions you have to make. And it's also about what you put in your mind. And he says, when you fill it with good things, then you're going to have, have peace. You're going to experience peace. That is awesome. That's something we fight for. And so this morning, I'd like to present to you just a, a few simple ways to accomplish what what honestly seems kind of difficult, because you're like, hey, my mind is really unruly. I have no idea how to control my mind. I try every day. I feel like I'm in a losing battle. Let me give you some simple ways to do that. And the first thing you need to do is you need to change your, your posture. So I, I, I teach my kids playing sports that you, get, you have to have a, an aggressive posture when you're playing sports. Have you ever seen their, their kid out in the, the outfield just doing one of these? Just looking around? That's not, that's not an aggressive posture, is it? You got to teach your kids, get on the balls of your feet. You got to get ready. As if someone, if someone were to come in and push up against you, you, they wouldn't be able to knock you over. You're in, a, in an attack mode. And we need to start thinking about our minds in the same way. We need to, have, we need to change our, our posture where that is an aggressive posture. And a posture where we're not on the defense, but we're actually on the offense. And the Bible tells us to do this, okay? 2 Corinthians chapter 10 teaches us this, that, that we destroy arguments of every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. Not that we just play with or try to, you know, just, just push away out of sight. It says we destroy those things. This is a fight. It's a fight for your mind. We destroy them. And we take every thought captive to obey Christ. To take something captive means that you're on the offense, right? So how do you take 
every thought captive. Two ways. First way is this. You got to filter your heart. You got to filter what goes on in your heart, what you allow into your mind. Every one of us knows about filters. I mean, when you go to get your oil changed, they also, what do they install? An oil filter. And they always come out and say, hey, your, your air filter's looking a little dirty there, Mr. Chisholm. You know, would you like a new one? I'm like, nah, just, just beat it off. It'll be fine. Just get all the dirt out and we'll use it again. It's got a 20-year shelf life. I don't know, right? So, but I, we, we don't want to ever change that out. But why do you need those filters on your car? It's because inside your engine and inside all the moving parts, there is precious things that are going on, like minute things that, that needs an environment of purity. Otherwise, things will go bad. When you go in your, to your house, everybody has an air, air filter at, at their home. Everybody ever pulled out that, that air filter and it's so caked that you could just like, like you're pulling off a blanket, you know? Like someone crocheted a blanket on here, right? And so you just got so much stuff. Yeah, you guys know what I'm talking about. And so, but, but why do we have air filters at home? It's because what's, preci- what's inside our home is precious. Our family's precious. We want them breathing the best air. And so filters are put in place so that we can protect what is precious. And your heart, your mind is precious. Romans or Proverbs 4 says this. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. We can't separate our actions from the thoughts that we have. In fact, our thoughts is, are what drive our actions. You ever take, you ever take inventory of all the things that come to your mind? You ever done that? All the things that, in, that, that pass through that filter. For a lot of us, we don't have a filter. Like we, we took that filter out and we said we don't need it anymore. Think about the entertainment that you let into your mind. The things you watch, the things that you listen to, the things that you read. The conversations that you have. The influences that you allow to affect your life and the, the company you keep, the relationships that you have. Now, I'm not saying that we need to all get into like this Christian bubble of legalism and, and just be separated from, from the world. That's not what I'm saying. It's not about totally removing yourself, but it's, it's this idea of asking this question, what are you soaking in? What are you soaking in? When we were... In Israel, went to the Dead Sea, lowest place on earth, 15 times saltier than the ocean, and you can go and swim in it, and you float, it's crazy, and there's, you get mud all over you, and all of this salt, and you cannot stay in there very long, because you stay in there too long, man, it just, it just covers you, and you, you can't get rid of all of the salt that's on you. In fact, they have all these outdoor showers, where everybody is just waiting in line to be able to wash off all of the salt, because they've been soaking in it. And when you soak in things that you shouldn't be soaking in, it becomes harder and harder to get off. Those are called habits. You wonder why your language is the way it is. You wonder why the lustful thoughts you have are the way they are. You wonder why you're angry all the time at people. You wonder why you're selfish it's usually because you've let those things invade your mind over and over again, and you begin to soak in those things. And it's like, it's hard to get out because it's like a, 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 the ruts that are in a road. 
in a dirt road, and you got a car, and you're trying to get out. And the more and more you travel along that, the more difficult it is to get out of those things. And eventually, you got to stop, you got to install a filter, and you got to say, you got to say no. Then what's going to happen is, over time, less junk is going to come into your, into your mind. And what's going to happen is, is you're going to have a little bit of extra room in your heart. Which leads to the second way that you can take your thoughts captive. And it's this. You've got to feed your funnel. So you filter, put a filter on your heart, but you've got to feed your funnel. Anybody ever go to the mall and have those, seen those giant coin funnels that you can put a, a quarter in the, the little ramp and it goes down and just starts spinning around? Nope, just me? Okay, all right. So just me. So you have, and you watch it and it's awesome. And there's always kids lined up and then there's Pastor Clayton lined up and I'm, I want to do it too. And, uh, and it just goes around and around and around. It seems like forever this quarter just spins around this funnel and finally gets down to the bottom and falls down into the, the collection right there. And it's just this consistent deposit that people are making into this, into this funnel. And Romans 12 teaches us the same thing. It says this. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but do this. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. You want to know how God can transform your life? Let him affect the way that you think. Let him feed your funnel. You got to feed your mind with what it's meant to consume. And your mind is not meant to consume the things of this world. It is meant to consume the things of God. His word, his love, his truth. What's great is it will rescue you and save you. I think about the story of Jesus in, in Matthew chapter 4 where Jesus is, he's in a vulnerable state. He's fasting in the wilderness all by himself for weeks. And Satan shows up at his door. And Satan tempts him. Do you all remember what Jesus did? How did he fight it? He fought off Satan by using the word of God. Now, I don't think Jesus had a big Bible he was carrying around or a bunch of scrolls. I, mean, I think he, he knew God's word in his heart. And he was able to quote scripture and say, you know what? No, this is, this is truth. What you're giving me is junk. This is truth. I have fed my funnel. You have no place in my mind. What's really interesting about the story, do y'all know that Satan even tried to do the same thing? He tried to use scripture to tempt Jesus. And Jesus is like, no, nah, that's not what it says. Like, I wrote the commentary. I know what it's talking about, okay? <laughs> how, did, how did Jesus know what was, what was truth in the word? Because he had internalized it. It had become a part of him. What this is, it's, it's, called, it's the principle of replacement. That's what people call it a lot. It's this idea of filling the void. That when you filter things out, you're going to have more room in your heart. And you've got to fill that void with something that is as good. Ephesians 4 says this. Since you've heard about Jesus and learned the truth that comes from him. Hey, all of us in this room, okay, we've heard about Jesus. We've learned the truth that comes from him. Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. That's huge. Here's how you do this. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. It says this in verse 22, throw off, and 20, 24 says put on. This is a two-step process. 
the filter is the throwing off of things that shouldn't be there. But then you gotta, you got to put on. It's the feeding of your funnel. And if you don't, here's what's going to happen. You will spiral. You will fall deeper into the thing that you've been trying to get rid of. And it is truth, guys. You know, some of you guys know what I'm talking about. When you've tried and tried to get rid of something, you finally, feel, you've finally said enough is enough, and you filter that out of your life. And then after a while, it just comes back with a vengeance, doesn't it? It comes back sometimes even worse than it was previously. Jesus taught about this. He taught a story in uh, Matthew chapter 12, and he was teaching some people, and talked about how a guy was demon-possessed. And this, this guy had deliverance, and this, this, this demon leaves him. And the demon is kind of like floating around doing whatever demons do, okay? It's off doing its thing. And then this demon says, you know what? Gets his other demon buddies uh, in, in the room and says, hey, let's go, let's go back to our home. Let's go back to where we belong, they, they said. And so they went back to this man, and you know what they found? Jesus says this. They found the rooms in his life, his heart, clean and put away and empty. You know what they found? They found more room. And so Jesus says, and it was worse off for this man because even more and more demons came into his life. Because even though he filtered out the junk, he didn't fill his life with the things of God. He left it empty. You see, your mental map is, is so important because it will drive the actions in the course of your life. Like what you let into your mind will eventually leak out in your actions and your attitude, won't it? It's the driving force for the decisions you make, the attitudes that you have, the actions that you take. What goes on your mind is of utmost importance. So if you want real change to happen in your life, we're talking about choices we have to make. You have to choose what's on your map. That mental map that's going to determine the direction you take. It's a lifelong battle, isn't it? Some of you guys are saying there's times where I've had victory. There's times where I feel like I have defeat. Don't give up. Go on the offense. Win that prize, which is the peace of God. You know, I believe that there's people in this room, I believe there's people watching online who you say, you know what, Clayton, that sounds great, but I, I don't, I'm so far from God, I don't even know how to let him invade my, my thoughts. You know what, some, some of y'all are still wrestling, not with choosing what goes on in your mind, you're wrestling with the weight of your sin. And before you can win the battle in your mind, you have to surrender to Jesus, where he becomes the Lord of your life and the Savior of your life. You have to choose him. And did you know that Jesus chose you first? He loves you despite the things in your life. He loves you despite the rejection that you've put at him. He loves you. He's chosen you. He chose to die on the cross for you specifically. The biggest question that you can answer in your life is, will I choose him? Will I choose him? Life is full of choices, and these choices matter, don't they? Here's what I'd like to do. Close a little bit differently today. 
I want us to just reflect for a moment. I don't know where you're at. I pray that this message has, has landed on your heart today. And you're wrestling with some things. And I think we all need to just have a moment just to think about those things and maybe spend some one-on-one -on -one time with God. And so we provided with you just a short little way. It'll take about a minute. A way for us to, to think about and contemplate what God is doing. So watch this screen. And let's do this together. We are super glad that you decided to join us today. And if you watch us every week, we're so glad that you join us. And if you're watching right now for the very first time, um, we want to just say, welcome to the family. We're so glad that you're here. Um, if you're someone who during the message, you thought, you know what, I want to know more about Christ. I want to give my life to Jesus and I, I want to know what it means to be forgiven. Uh, we want to connect with you. 
So if you could text FORGIVEN to 94000, and that way one of our ministers can reach out to you and you can begin that conversation of knowing how God can change your life. Um, here at Central, we truly do believe that Jesus changes everything. See you guys later.